Zapika. The title of my message is Three More Unshakable Things. Now, if you were here last week, the title of the talk was Three Unshakable Things. This week, I'm sharing three more. So if you missed the talk, you can get on our YouTube channel and, and find it. Uh, I myself, on the way to church this morning, went to the YouTube channel and pressed play on last Wednesday's worship night. We have a worship night on the first Wednesday of every month. Was anyone here last Wednesday? Let me hear you. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. So on the way to church, I just went back to that service, pressed play, and experienced it all over again. But if you missed part one last week, you can go back and listen to it. I'll give you a summary real quick in 30 seconds or less. There, the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27. It says, All of creation shall be shaken and removed, so that only unshakable things will remain. In 2020, everything that could be shaken was shaken. Three things were not shaken. Number one was his love towards you. It didn't matter what you did. He never, ever stopped loving you. If you were ignoring him, he never took his eye off you. He never ignored you back. He's not human. He's God. He adores you. He loves you. Number two is his forgiveness. I talked about this in part one. His love, his forgiveness, and his faithfulness. He's faithful. But today, I'm going to talk about a different set of three things that remain unshakable. And the first thing is the remnant. Everybody say remnant on three. One, two, three. Okay. Everybody participated except for the guy in the red shirt. So we got to do it again. One, two, three. Remnant. Remnant. What is a remnant? A remnant is mentioned in Romans chapter 11, verse 5, where it says, At this very time, there is a remnant in which grace has chosen. There's a remnant. It doesn't matter how far back you go in scriptures. There was always a remnant, a small group of believers that trusted God, had faith in God, and worshipped God. There was always that. All the way back to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, all the way through the Bible. In the New Testament, that remnant was the disciples and the multitudes that followed them. That was the remnant. The remnant in comparison to how many people are on the planet is very, very small. So he called a remnant. It's a small group of people. Oftentimes you may think, can a small group of people really change the world? Absolutely, because it's the only thing that ever has. It's the only thing that ever has, a small group of people. And so there will always be a remnant. It doesn't matter how crazy the world gets, there will always be a remnant of believers that are faithfully worshiping God. And God will use those people to share His love and share His power through them. He uses you and I, He uses the remnant like a vessel. You can read about it in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. But he, he takes his power and he takes his love and he pours it into these vessels and he pours and it comes through us. It comes through our countenance, our words, our face, our eyes, our hands, 
The doctrine of laying on of hands in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It flows through us into others. There will always be a remnant. And this remnant that I'm speaking of, they're very easy to identify. Uh, You may say, well, it's everybody in church. No, not so much. Uh, Well, it's all Christians, not so much. A remnant is identified by three things. Number one is passion. They love the things of God. And, And when they feel their passion starting to cool, like I do many times, you go to the Lord for help. And I'll say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I feel my passion being cooled. And Jesus said this to the disciples in Matthew 26, verse 41. He said, watch and pray. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Sometimes my flesh will start to smother my passion, and I know that I'm in trouble. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Shout yes. Yes. Come on, let me hear you shout yes. Yes. The things of God are less passionate for you. And you've got to say, Holy Spirit, I need you. And you've got to lock yourself up in your room, in your closet, and get on your knees and say, God, don't let my love cool. Don't let my passion cool. And this is how the remnant prays. People who are not part of the remnant, they haven't been passionate about the things of God in so many years, they can't even remember. They can't even remember being passionate about it anymore. Number one is they're passionate. Number two is they have conviction. They have passion. They have conviction. When they sin, they want to come before the Lord and say, I'm sorry. And of course, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth your sins, He will be faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. It's over and it's done. Let's move forward. But someone who is not in the remnant... They call wrong things right and right things wrong. There's no value system that stems out of the Word of God. What used to be righteous is now unrighteous, and what they used to call unrighteous is now righteous. These are people that are not in the remnant. They can show up to church all they want to and have 17 stars on their attendance sheet. They're not part of the remnant. They're they're goats walking around sheep. They're not part of the remnant. It's no one that you and I can point at. We're not the judge. We're not Jesus. But if they don't have conviction and they don't have passion, and then number three, they don't have action. See, if you love the things of God, it will show through your actions. There is no such thing as a person who is passionate about the things of God and live their life on a beanbag eating Cheetos. And saying, oh, well, you know, I believe in God. I believe in God. Everything's going to be okay. When you're passionate about the things of God, the Lord will find you busy when he returns. He will find you talking to somebody about God. He will find you worshiping in your room. He will find you worshiping in your car. I almost called Omar, our worship director, this morning on the way to church and said, Look, I'm singing in my car, and i got to tell you, I sound really, really good. So if you need me, I'm ready. Check me in, coach. I don't know what it is. When I'm in my car, I sound awesome. When I get in here, it's just not the same. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. But the passionate, the remnant, they'll worship in their car. They'll worship in the shower. They'll worship at home. They'll worship in their mind. They'll worship in their heart. They're passionate about the things of God. 
There's no such thing as a cool Christian. There's no such thing. You're either hot or you're cold. If you want to be cool and suave and debonair and fit right in, I can't tell you that you're part of the remnant. The remnant doesn't really fit in to the world. Uh, I'll tell you um, the second thing that is unshakable. Uh, Before I get to that, let me say this. Uh, You know how I was talking about actions? You know, that that if you're part of the remnant, there will be actions associated. When I was in high school, uh, I had a buddy of mine that came up to me and he he decided that he he got a, a source of steroids. I don't know where his source was, but he told me he was going to start selling steroids. He was going to charge like $30 a cycle or something like that. And he said, I'll tell you what, you, uh, I'll let you take them for free. You can have the steroids for free because I need somebody to point at and say, hey, this is what you look like when you take this. And I said, are you going to take them? He goes, no way. I never put that stuff in my body. If, if he is selling it, but he doesn't believe in it enough to put some action into it, you have to question everything. If somebody says that they love God, but they're not willing to put any action behind it, now you have to question everything. Are you with me? Say yes. The second thing that is unshakable is not just the remnant, but a hiding place in God is unshakable. There's always an opportunity to step in and hide from the chaos. In Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 through 3, he he describes what he has done for you. He says, before you were born, I called you. While you were in your mother's womb, I spoke your name. I made your mouth like a sharpened sword. I concealed you in the shadow of my hand. I made you into a polished arrow. Every single one of you, God made you into a polished arrow with an assignment that he intends to send. And then he says he hid you in his quiver. He concealed you and he hid you. And when you are able to recognize that you can hide in him, when the problems come, and they will come, you are able to step in and hide. I'll give you the best illustration I can give you. The most stressful part of my day is the end of the day when I get in bed. I get in bed and I lay down and my wife falls asleep before her head hits the pillow. She's got out, out cold. Hello, 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 hello. Gone. Three kids upstairs snoring. Dogs sleeping. Eight chickens outside all sleeping. Everybody's asleep except for me. And I start thinking about my whole day, and I start thinking about tomorrow, and I start thinking about yesterday, and then I start thinking about things that were so stupid that I did 20 years ago, and I get embarrassed all over again while I lay in my bed by myself. Has anybody done that? Okay, seven or eight of us. All right, that's fine. And so all of this is going on, and just here recently, I've told myself, Frankie, go to your hiding place. And I'll remind myself of Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. Where it says that he was before all things, and all things are held together within him. 
And so you and I are literally standing within the presence of God. And so I'll lay on my bed and close my eyes and say, go to the hiding place. And I'll begin to visualize his presence laying on me like my sheets are on my body. I'll visualize my head on the pillow laying in his presence. And I have to tell you that the better I get at focusing my mind on his presence, the more I experience his presence. See, the definition of worship is putting your mind's attention and your heart's affection on him. And so you can do that in the sanctuary while the band is playing, or you can do that laying in the middle of the night. You put your mind's attention and your heart's affection on Him, and you begin to focus on the presence of God around you. Because whatever you focus on consumes you. And when you focus on His presence, He begins to consume your thoughts and consume your heart and consume your spirit. And then you find a peace, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, that exceeds anything that you are able to understand. And regardless of what happens in this world, there will always be a remnant and there will always be a hiding place. And there will always be, number three, a kingdom of God waiting for you. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, it says that the kingdom of God is unshaken. You cannot shake the kingdom of God. Now, why am I mentioning the kingdom of God right now? Because there's a very important scripture that attaches all of your problems that you're facing right now to the reward that you are going to receive because of them. See, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, Your light and momentary troubles that you're experiencing right now, they are storing up for you. They're stacking on top. They're storing up for you an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So this glory, this reward that is going to come upon you, you say, you lost me, you lost me. It's okay. In Job, it gives a great example of this. It says, those who share my gospel will shine like a star in the heavens. So for people that do not share the gospel with anybody on earth, You will be able to identify that person with a person who has because they're shining like a star. They have a glory upon them. When you go through trouble and you face trials and you're experiencing a great amount of stress, there is a glory that you are earning in the process because you're enduring what's happening on the earth. See, scars on the earth are stripes of honor in heaven. We will be able to look at each other and recognize the rank that you have in heaven because of what you endured on earth. I don't know if you know that there's a rank in heaven. We're not all the same rank. There's a, there's a high rank and a low rank. Jesus said that. He said, the least of these shall be the greatest in heaven. And the greatest on the earth will be the least in heaven. 
The moment he said that, he told us that there's a rank. And I want you to know that your troubles are storing up for you an eternal weight of glory. And I am sorry for everything that 2020 has brought you. I am sorry. I know that 2020 has rattled and shaken and even devastated many of our lives in a variety of areas. And I am sorry for that. It's affected me in numerous ways. It's affected our church in numerous ways. If I could take all those troubles away, I would. But the Lord would never let me. He would never let me because every single trouble that you and I are facing right now, those troubles are storing up for us an eternal weight of glory. If we remain faithful, if we keep our eyes locked on the Lord, in, in Hebrews chapter uh, 12, verse 2, I believe, it says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Is anyone here enduring with something right now? It's like you didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. You would volunteer for it if I paid you. You are enduring something. But Jesus said, but for the joy set before me, I endured the cross. And now he despised the shame. He didn't enjoy it. But now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in the greatest place of honor. I don't know what you're enduring today. I don't know what's challenging you today, what's stretching your faith today. But I promise you this. It is storing up for you an eternal weight of glory. And you may say right now, Frankie, this isn't fair. This isn't fair what's happening to me. When you get to heaven... And that eternal weight of glory is around you and you have been honored and the Lord is looking at you and he's saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, salvation is a gift. Rewards are earned. When he looks at you and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant, and he honors you and rewards you and places a glory on you that makes you shine like a star. Other people, they wouldn't say this because we're in heaven, but... Just work with me. They can look at you and go, well, that's not fair. Why does that person get all that glory? And another person could elbow them and say, did you see what they carried on earth? Did you see the troubles on earth that they had to endure? Did you see the problems? Let me just let you know, people that are physically handicapped and spend their entire life in a wheelchair. Oh, that's not fair on earth, is it? But it is storing up for them an eternal weight of glory that people like me will never experience. Do you understand what I'm saying? Say yes. Come on, say yes. The Lord has his eye on you. He has his eye on you. And every single weight, every single burden, every single stress, every single sleepless night is being taken note of. In Psalms 56, 8, it says that he records... No, he keeps track of our sorrows. He catches every tear in a bottle. 
and records each one in his book, you will be rewarded. Can you give God a round of applause for that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to share with you something, uh, a moment that took place in Costa Rica last week or the week before. I can't remember. The reason why I want to share these miracles and these healings with you is I want to show you and remind you that God does not wait till we get to heaven to bless us. This idea that Jesus did a lot of miracles in the Bible, but he doesn't do them anymore, is just absolutely rubbish. It's trash. It's not even biblical. In John 14, 12, it says, anyone who believes in me shall do the same works I have done. It's not even biblical to believe that that doesn't happen anymore. But I want to show you a video that took place two weeks ago just to boost your faith. The first person that we prayed for, she was deaf in her right ear and she got her hearing back. The second person we prayed for was completely blind and got his vision black. And then there's several after that. Why don't you take a look at this? I felt like while I was praying for this gentleman right here that there was somebody here who couldn't hear out of one of their ears, and I didn't know who it was, but it was her. So I'm going to talk in her in, in her left ear. I want you to put your hand on my shoulder while I'm praying. And while, while I'm praying, if you start hearing me better, I want you to start doing this. You say, don't stop tapping. Well, I'm praying. Whisper in her ear and make her. What's the name? Yes. In the name of Jesus. He rebuked all fear. In the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Every part of your body. Todo tu cuerpo va a estar bien. Amen. Amen. What's happening? Ah. The presence of Jesus is touching him right now. Jesus. Jesus te está tocando en este momento. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tell him just to enjoy the presence. Disfruta la presencia.
so fascinating because we were teaching people how to pray like Jesus in the moment. And um, there's a difference between, and I did not do this, those of you who helped me pray in the second service, I did not take the time as I should have, like I did with them, to talk about how important it is to pray a commanding prayer, and I apologize about that. But there's a difference between a petitionary prayer Jesus, please heal. Jesus, please heal. That's not the way Jesus prayed. And so we would teach them on the street to pray a commanding prayer just like Jesus. To tell the bone, move in Jesus' name. Eyes open in Jesus' name. 
you can go back and, and watch this uh, testimony video again and watch how every single person is praying. You talk to the problem in the name of Jesus. When you don't do that, you're asking Jesus to do something that he already wants to do. Now, somebody may say, well, why do I have to pray like that? Because that's the way Jesus prayed. And it is our job to do the things that he did. Now, you say, well, I just, you know, why can't I just add? Why can't I, why can't I look? <laughs> just do what he did, okay? Just stop asking questions. Do what he did. Do what he did. It just, he said this, just as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Do what I do. Now, if you get caught up saying, well, why this, why this, why this, why this, you're going to stand around and do nothing. Okay? But when you pray the way Jesus prayed, and I love to study the way Jesus prayed because he didn't yell, he didn't get emotional, he didn't get all worked up. He said like three or four sentences, and he moved. So I want to tell you, Romans 2.11, God has no favorites. When you want to see God move in a situation, speak to the situation. So I don't need to pray for anybody with a healing. My whole body, I mean, my body, my family, everybody in my family, we're as healthy as a lark. I don't know what a lark is, actually. I've just, I've just heard that. When Jesus healed, he spoke to the blind man's eyes. When Jesus stood on the ship, he spoke to the wind. Maybe you need to speak to the wind. Maybe you need to say, 2020, you're gone. 2021, straighten out in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now you say, well, I don't have that kind of authority. Well, you're 100% right. 100% right. You say, well, I, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm... I haven't been the most perfect person. You're 100% right. But when a policeman walks up, do you interview him to see how nice of a guy he's been to his children? Doesn't matter. He's got the badge. He has the badge. So he may be an imperfect person, but he still has the badge supporting every word he's saying. When you speak to your situation, don't tell yourself, well, I've been too imperfect. You still have the authority of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. You're walking around with the badge. If you don't use the authority that you have, then you'll sit around being mad at the storm. I don't know if that, I don't know if that hit the target. But. I've, I, I've learned this, and, and i got to tell everybody, I've learned this. When I ask God to do something that He already wants to do, I don't always see what I was hoping He was going to do. But when I speak to it, then I see. And I didn't take the time to walk through the commanding prayer, so I don't know what the results were. You'll have to tell me later. Um, but speak to it. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. Let's all stand to our feet for me, please. I'd like our prayer partners to come down. If they would.
this part of the service is always kind of a looking through a glass dimly. have a, a broken heart and you're doing the best you can to look like everything's okay as you come running out not, come out of your seat quickly I believe the Lord wants to heal that broken heart now I'm going to just pray with this a prayer partner I believe the Lord wants to heal broken hearts this morning Jessica, who's having breathing trouble, breathing problems. Respiratory breathing problems. The name Jessica came to my mind earlier with like respiratory breathing issues. Is that anyone in this room? Maybe I, maybe I missed it. I'm okay with that. Is there a Jessica in the room with breathing, respiratory issues? Is her name Jessica? So, say that again. Okay, so your daughter is named Jessica, and she was taken to the hospital this morning over breathing problems. Can we just raise our hand right now and pray for Jessica right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, wherever Jessica is, in the name of Jesus, is she in the hospital right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, Satan, we rebuke you. Spirit of infirmity, we rebuke you. Breathe perfect, Jessica. You're going to live a long, healthy, happy life. Jessica, breathe, 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 breathe. You're going to live a long, healthy, happy life. Everybody who sees you is going to like you. You're going to live a long, healthy, happy life. In the name of Jesus, anointing, just come on her head and go down her body right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, let's just raise our hands and just say, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. If you need prayer for anything, I want you to come down as quickly as you can.